Welcome to Dear Legal Ops, the podcast tackling tough topics impacting today's evolving legal operations profession anonymously. This podcast is made for and by the Legal Ops community. We will hear trailblazing tales and lessons learned from seasoned professionals, change makers, and community champions. Join us as we go on a journey of delightful insights and enthusiastic ideas that will inspire you to find your inner brilliance personally and professionally. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Dear Legal Ops. I'm your co-host, Tommy Tavares Ferreira. Today, we're embarking on a transformative journey, tracing the footsteps of those who've dared to pivot from the well-trodden path of paralegal work to the dynamic, ever-evolving world of legal ops. In our letter today, Patty, the pondering paralegal from Potomac, paints a vivid picture of standing at a career crossroads with the allure of legal ops beckoning her towards a new horizon. As she contemplates this shift, we dive deep into the intricacies of such a transition, exploring the skills to hone, the networks to nurture, and the mindset to adopt. Navigating this career isn't just about acquiring new skills or understanding the nuances of legal ops. It's about embracing change, leveraging one's unique experiences, and having the courage to step into the unknown. And as Patty ponders her next move, we're here to shed light on the benefits challenges, and the sheer exhilaration of venturing into the world of legal ops. Joining us today is Tom? Well, well, yeah, it's Tom Stevenson, y'all. A beacon of inspiration for many who've successfully made this transition. From Macy to Keller Postman as a paralegal, to Teladoc and Credit Karma as head of legal ops, to his current role as VP of Community at Legal.io. His journey is a testament to the power of adaptability, continuous learning, and the importance of always evolving. Tom's insights promise to be a guiding light for Patty and all those standing at similar crossroads. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's dive into our letter with Patty, where we bridge the gap between the voices behind the letters and the vibrant community surrounding us. But first, grab that glass and get comfy as we dig deeper into Dear Legal Ops. letter today comes from Patty, the pondering paralegal from Potomac. Our contemplative colleague confides, Dear Legal Ops, imagine me standing at the crossroads of my career, the familiar path of paralegal work stretching out onto the horizon and the mysterious beckoning trail of legal ops whispering in my ear. With every legal document I draft, A nagging, intrusive thought reminds me of the allure of playing a larger role and reshaping the legal landscape. It calls out for me. However, as I flirt with the idea of swapping my paralegal hat for a legal ops one, a flurry of questions cloud my mind. How does one gracefully waltz from the structured dance of paralegal task to the dynamic tango of legal ops? Which skills should I sharpen? And what network should I weave into my journey? In essence, how do I pivot without tripping over my own feet, ensuring that my transition is as seamless as a well-drafted contract? As I stand here, 
teetering on the edge of decision. I seek your wisdom. Can you guide me through this maze, ensuring that I don't just land another job, but embark on a fulfilling career in the world of legal ops? Oh, what a topic we have. Patty, the pondering paralegal from Potomac. And what a better person to talk about the journey of paralegal to legal ops than our very own Tom Stevenson. Tom, welcome to the DLO studio. It's so weird being on the other side of the studio glass. It's an interesting seat. You are here. You're in the hot seat today. And all kidding aside, you really are the person that first comes to mind for a lot of your reputation as being someone who champions and touted the the ways in which one can go not only from in-house paralegal to legal ops, but you have that unique credibility of being at a law firm, then in-house. And then later on, we're going to get to your new role as a community leader, which is just you know a whole other level unlocked for people in our space. But why don't you tell me and Patty from Potomac a little bit about your career? What was that journey like? Like, where did it start? Where are you now? Where did it start? Honest, <laughs> to be honest, swear to God, started answering a Craigslist ad because I was of no. that generation. Yes, swear to God. No. Uh, I was of that generation. Monster.com. Oh, no, no. It was true Craigslist and it was okay. for a legal assistant. And I walked in in my... Law firm or in-house? Law firm. Law firm, definitely. Law firm. And I walked in in my express pants and the Express MX shirt that was like that bright green one. Taking that me was, back to the mall. Yes, yes. Next to the Abercrombie down the street from American Eagle. And oh yeah, and walked in. And so I started off as a legal assistant in a law firm in downtown Chicago making $10 an hour. Wow. And I, I, I took that job because I graduated college at the time in the middle of a recession in the early yeah. 2000s. It, yeah. I was just really grateful to have a job because I had moved from Ohio to Chicago. And so I was glad to be out of my little farm town world. Like right. You'll always hear my, my y'all that that's where it comes from, a little bit from Southern Ohio. And then when I was uh, in Texas at Teladoc. But yeah, I guess... Once you get through the door of a law firm, there's opportunity to look around and go, oh, there's like different levels of roles here. And so while there wasn't necessarily legal technologists or legal administrators at the level that I was, I saw these different career paths. And then it was having, you know, checking the boxes and going, oh, now I need something that's a little bit more than my bachelor's degree. So I went and got my master's in legal studies and fast forward. It was just... Is this a fun fact I didn't know? Is this Wait, an what? icebreaker? I I didn't realize you had your master's in legal studies. What, I do. What all do you learn there? Uh, so the reason why I got that was I actually just really got interested in law. And I think it, law, I think in general, because I was hungry, because I went from legal assistant to paralegal and then senior paralegal, I was like, I don't know what I want to do next, but I don't want to do office administration. Like I want to mm-hmm. learn more about law. And you did not want to be an attorney. I did you not. Knew that. No, at that point, um, I'm actually shocking. I'm not great at standardized testing. Like mm-hmm. I am, I am good. What you see in front of you, this Tom Stevenson, like comes out of the pa- prepackaged, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not really great at rote memorization and then, and doing that. Yep. Never would have done well on the LSAT, and therefore I yeah. knew working in a law firm, like how 
fortunately, you need to have that upper, you know, education for some yeah. potential paths. So yeah, it was just an easy and quick way for me to add what I think now would be an MBA within the, the in-house legal career spectrum if you think you need that component. And yeah, it's just kind of driven by ambition. And so did my master's in legal studies and that's what's prompting, remember I keep talking about the Asia trip? So I yeah. did my, um, one of my um, master's classes that I took, I did on the genocide in Kumar Rouge and learned about mm -hmm. international law from that aspect. So it gave me a different perspective of humanitarian law and how that works and advocacy and, right. and really learning about this historical and legal element. Yeah. And I think that's just always kind of been at the forefront of my creativity and just scratching for more. So that's kind of where I started off the journey. Now, do you think that someone listening, Patty, do you hey, think Patty. that Patty has to go out and get this degree? Do you, would you put it in the has to have pile or the nice to have pile? Or it's really an individual decision based on what someone is hoping to achieve? I will just say this. I think the education part of my career journey is the smallest of them all. It, yeah. it literally was for me to check the box. And I think that's a whole nother conversation for another day. I will say more than anything, it was, I was just driven by ambition. It was it was a hard path, right? It was also really cold in Chicago. So <laughs> we were going to the office every day. It's not like it is today, you know, where yeah. sometimes you're hybrid or whatever. So I was schlepping from the north. Oh yeah, I was schlepping from days, the north Patty. side. Oh yeah. yes. So my days, they were long, right? But I just kind of felt, I don't know, they felt with some purpose there. There was this kind of, I tell you, this insatiable thirst to learn, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm a thirsty, I'm a thirsty motherfucker. So yeah. I think that what we're seeing in the legal ops community right now is this people who are transitioning from different segments, right? But ultimately still doing legal ops at its core function. So there was a lot of time in between where it took me getting to the top for uh, law firms in Chicago to then finally making the break into in-house and then just kind of continuing that path over. So like I said, going around the Monopoly board, right? You go around it a couple times and learn something different each time. Well, it, it's great because you, whether you realize it at the time or not, I'm sure that you can attribute some of the leaps and jumps to the education, even though if it didn't feel evident at the moment, like critically thinking will never be anything that people can't benefit from. Like, so I'm sure that there was a benefit to, to learning some of the history, theoretical, the critical thinking, but you, let's double click on that, that leap. So you took that leap from law firm to in-house. What did that look like? How did you go about it? What can you tell Patty about how she can make that transition? Ooh, I mean, the truth, the tea, <laughs> the tea, honeybee is, it's no joke, probably about 547 rejections. It was just at yep. a time in which I was, tirelessly committed to making that happen. Uh, I found myself in a really, really, really awesome role leading what would now be called legal operations. And it was kind of called operations, but like more operations and paralegal operations and firm operations for a uh, really incredible law firm, a boutique that specialized in plaintiff mass arbitration yeah. and uh, class action. So I kind of led that operations technology, building the paralegal teams up. I loved it, but I really wanted to go in-house and just kept applying and applying and then tried to use my voice and my role in the paralegal community, kind of how I do sometimes in the legal ops community, just to try and network. And that's when the Teladoc role came. And from there, it was just 
all hands on deck and trying to go as quick and as fast as possible to get that business acumen, to connect the dots and to really be able to pass go one more time, you know? This episode is made possible by our sponsor, Legal.io. Legal.io is the fastest growing community and marketplace for legal talent. Legal.io connects legal professionals to resources and opportunities at the world's leading in-house departments and firms. Legal.io is the launchpad for legal careers, matching legal ops professionals, attorneys, paralegals, and so many other legal professionals at some of the world's most exciting companies with a level of precision that only a data-driven, vertical-specific marketplace can provide. Supported by significant investors like Tiger Global, Legal.io is redefining the legal workspace. If you want to learn about the enterprise marketplace solution for legal talent, access salary surveys with compensation data as unique as you, and join their vibrant in-house legal community, visit www.legal.io. That's L-E-G-A-L dot I-O. Legal.io, your gateway to a global legal talent marketplace designed with the legal operations community in mind. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. You emerged as an obvious leader because everyone will find themselves in spaces and whether or not they can start to become a connector themselves, can start to build a network, you know, we can all sort of like hit apply on the job. And I'm glad that you mentioned actually all those rejections because anybody who is searching for a role is going to experience that. And it's not a fun feeling. And and, and to remind to remind Patty and to remind the, the the listeners of DLO that we've all been through it. It's hard. And the element that can potentially make it easier is building a network. It's relying on those in, in your community. And you know, you can utilize tools like LinkedIn's open to work banner and you can utilize like announcing to folks like, hey, this is what I'm open to. But probably one of the biggest tools in your belt is someone else speaking highly of you in your network. So someone else speaking highly of you to that GC that's hiring, right? And and you get the people who are willing to speak highly of you if they know you. And if you've built, you know, if you've built people around you, you'll probably get there faster than just the AI screening at your resume, right? And so I think building that community probably helped you after you sat on a pile of rejections. Yeah, and 
let me not flip the script, right? But it's the it it is finding your voice and finding your community, right? And I think it was, you know, at the time I had gotten rejected so many times and my partner at the time was, you know, there for me, kind of picking me up up, off the ground and being like, it's going to be okay. Like, this is what you learn for the next one, right? And so whether it's your own personal tribe, right? And your own personal community or that professional community, right? Where I had other people um, specifically like Mary O'Carroll, right? And I would say, hey, here is my resume. What am I missing, right? Like, can you take a look at it? And helped me level that up as well. So sometimes it's the professional community as well. And so it's embracing that adversity, embracing those rejections. And that didn't come easy for me. I mean, I've come a long way. I, not only did I walk in from a Craigslist ad, right? Like I'm from Southwest Ohio. My first job was at McDonald's and I was on food right. stamps, right? So like I've done a little climbing, right? But right. I don't know. I think each time you, the more that you find that, that inner balance of who you are, what makes you tick, understanding where you may not always succeed at and then taking that and really trying to embrace it. I think it comes up with a magical equation that allows you to continue that career loop over time. Yeah, and overcoming adversity, there's no greater asset that you have to overcome adversity than authenticity and to letting your skills shine. You know, the 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 chips might be stacked against people who don't have maybe the network that their parents build in for them, et cetera, et cetera. But being able to overcome that, being able to find the different turns that you can take, like that that extends far beyond um, just legal ops. That really can apply to anyone in any vertical. So now you find yourself inside of legal ops. And now we're going to take one more turn. So Teladoc, Credit Karma, head of legal ops, you're dipping and doing, you are showing the world, <laughs> everyone in the community starts to all of a sudden know who this Tom Stevenson is. You were doing work at Harvard with with a couple of folks who were in legal ops. You all did did like a lecture series. And so you finally start making a name for yourself. You're doing webinars. Later on, you're doing a, this podcast. <laughs> you envisioned, you dreamed, and you, you, know, you put out this podcast. Oh, the days. Thank you, Red. Thank you, Red, for all that you do. <laughs> Shout out from both of us. <laughs> right? Shout out to Red. So how now do you find yourself after several years of doing the legal ops thing, how do you find yourself in a VP of community role at Legal IO? Oh, I mean, it's it's so interesting, right? And I think it's that ambition, it's that drive. It's now what we're seeing more and more come out and be active and loud. And I think what's allowed that is being able to know that I wasn't sure even know what it looked like when I was going along the journey, right? Like I really, really thought I was going to be the paralegal extraordinaire, right? And it filled my cup for a while and then the cup changed, right? Yeah. And I needed something else to fill that up. In legal operations, at the time that I got into it and had the right connections, I really just tried to embrace it. And so that cup didn't fill up per se, yeah. But I wanted to also grab a new glass as well too, right? Like something something clicked and changed for me. I had, you know, things that were going on in my personal life. I wasn't satisfied necessarily with some other things. And it was during those personal challenges that this podcast even kind of became a therapy for me and involved into a way where I was addressing professional issues, right? And building empathy and communication skills. And that for me, it gave me the best personal growth I could ever give. 
And when life threw its punches, it really was those moments that I found my true self. And so it's through a podcast, right? Or it's through the community. It's connecting with others and helping them grow. And that's what kind of kept me going. And honestly, when I was at Credit Karma, I was utilizing Legal I.O. And this, like I've always said, in the summer when we were spending daddy's credit card, right? Like we couldn't hire people <laughs> quick and fast enough. And they really came through and helping me. And at the time when I was... I was ready to advocate for my own voice and what my next step would be. And I turned to them, the, the table just flipped and had a totally different conversation. And, and after right. speaking with Peter and just really understanding this was my voice, this pivoting into a new role, it's really a culmination of everything I believe in, right? Connecting, educating, transforming. Yeah, it's, 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 it's truly incredible. It's ironic that we're talking about your role as a community leader because it is community, it's networking, it's building relationships, it's authenticity, it's digging deep into what you're looking for, being really honest with yourself about it. And once you can articulate it to yourself, you can articulate it to others pretty well. But sometimes it takes some digging to figure out what am I even looking for and then saying out loud so others hear it. We talked about creativity in episode 32 with Tyler Finn and a lot of what what you are bringing to the table here too is creativity. It's, oh, I found I found this space inside of doing this podcast that helped me to grow professionally in, in my role at Credit Karma. And it was bringing some creativity to the table. It was, we can't, you know, we can't fill roles fast enough. And I'm out here and I'm talking to, you know, a vendor that can help me to do this and partnering with them. And in that, I'm building the strong relationship. And in that, it's all organically growing. And so I would say to Patty... All of these are great ideas that you can you can try to explore, which is dig deep. What are you looking for? What skills do you have that transfer into the role that you want? Who in your network can you talk to? And, and how do you build those relationships? And how do you bring some creativity into it? Yeah, I mean, Princess Patty. I mean, look, <laughs> how Potomac. do you guide... Yeah, right? <laughs> Ms. Princess from Potomac. <laughs> I don't think there's a way to guide you through the maze, right? Like... You could just land another job and yeah, you could embark on a career journey in legal ops forever, but that's not always the blueprint of what you... There's no blueprint, I guess, is the best yeah. way of putting it. There really Figure is no your blueprint. blueprint. Your Patty. blueprint, right? And my blueprint was understanding that I wanted a role that I was a paralegal for well over a decade and in senior leadership roles at law, big law firms and wanted to not take too much of a step back. And so a lot of the rejections were because I was aiming high, right? And so somebody, shout out to Erica, um, you know, took a, a chance on, on little, a little old me, you know? <laughs> and yeah, I just became hungry and thirsty. And then the Credit Karma opportunity, I mean, with my CLO, Susanna, I just learned so many incredible things. And it taught me a different skill set of business and acumen and leadership and empathetic, you know, skill sets. And that totally turned the change and tides again when when Legal I.O. came about and I found my voice and my passion for community and for advocating for professions and, and that blend where I can do that on behalf of a company that really is building this next generation of legal professionals and helping them wherever they are in their career. And it resonates to me personally. And I think when that shines through my professional life, that's just really that ultimate, as, 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 as Ms. Patty from Potomac said, finding that fulfilling career journey. It, there is no one-stop shops all, right? Like, I am the person who has worked in-house before at our company and nobody else has, right? And so it's a, a new perspective, a new landscape and something that I'm also hoping to continue to learn and educate myself on. 
Oh, such a great point. Figure out what what unique value you can add to a conversation, what unique thoughts um, that you can add uh, to help everyone around you. So Tom, this was a great episode. I never feel confident that we've really knocked it out of the park with helping with helping our listeners, but I really feel like we helped Patty on this one. Any last thoughts that you want to leave Patty with? Uh, well, I mean, Tommy, this, yeah, this just was, this was great. And I, I think that one day when I'm sitting on a beach in Thailand, right? Like I hope when I look back that there is no one size fits all career path for how legal operations is going to be a key component. And that came from like boots on the ground when I was a paralegal, right? To getting funky with technology as head of legal operations and stacking the blue and the green together for CLM and seeing where that where that went, right? You know? And so really, I think ultimately, it's when I'm looking to make even changes in my own life, I'll, I'll start to slow down and finding what my boss always reminds me is my center of excellence, right? And realizing that there's something here with that community. So... I think ultimately that when you're going out and building these connections, when you're making a real impact and creating a space where you can thrive, that's the career path that allowed me to get here. But life isn't always about following a set script, right? It's it's about exploring and learning that sometimes you take that scenic route, right? Or sometimes you, uh, you fracture that clavicle and then realizing, oh, that's right, we're going to take a hard right here. And so I think for me the community is my passion and I see a mirror of that in the larger legal profession. And I hope that from Patty or anybody else listening here is that just find that place and find as though that you have been able to add value in a way that feeds and fills your cup up. And when you do, that's ultimately when you're going to be able to thrive and succeed in whatever path to success looks like for you. That's right. Well, Tom... One million thank yous for this today. I think we left our listeners with a ton of really good information to help them also propel forward. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and cheers. Yes, thank you, thank you. A heartfelt thank you to Patty the Pondering Paralegal from Potomac for sharing her contemplative crossroads with us and to our very own Tom Stevenson for illuminating the path from paralegal to legal ops and beyond. As we navigate the intricate dance of career transitions today, we are reminded of the beauty of embracing change and the power of continuous evolution. In the vast landscape of the legal profession, it's not just about the roles we play, but the passion and purpose we bring to them. Remember House of DLO. Every pivot, every challenge, every new step is an opportunity to redefine our journey and rediscover our purpose. It's about understanding that our professional evolution is a testament to our resilience, adaptability, and the unyielding spirit of always seeking growth. As we wrap up, let's carry the inspiration from today's episode and the wisdom from Tom's journey. Let's continue to bridge the gap between our current roles and the boundless opportunities that await. Whether you're contemplating a shift or firmly rooted in your path, remember to always be evolving, to cherish the diversity of our experiences and to recognize that the best leaders are the one who are multifaceted and still growing. Until next time, keep embracing the seas of change, cherish every step of your journey, and remember to stay true to your path. 
Cheers, Opstars. For more Dear Legal Ops content, make sure to follow us on all social media using the handle at Dear Legal Ops. Have a tough legal ops topic you want us to tackle? Submit a letter and share your stories with us at DearLegalOps.com slash submit for a chance to be featured on the show. Like what you hear? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. As always, I'm your host, Tom Stevenson, adding a splash of color to the lively landscape that is legal operations. And I'm Tommy Tavares Barrera, your voice of reason amidst the whirlwind of change, keeping it real and relatable. Dear Legal Ops is produced by Red Rock Music. Until next time. <laughs>